there, podcast listeners. Welcome to Finishing Well. We are a ministry that focuses on people who are 65 or older, but we certainly are welcoming anyone at any age because we talk about whatever your age, wherever you are, that we are going to find ways to live our lives and finish our lives well and with purpose. I'm Randy Hess, and I'm very happy to be here today with my friend Hal Habaker, the founder of Finishing Well Ministries. Hey, Hal, how are you doing today? Randy, uh, it's great to see you. I'm doing very well. Did you um, have a good week this week? I had a great week. Challenging good. week. Uh, but, but we're doing very well. Thank you. I understand you were doing some new workshops this week, too. We were. God has given us good success in being planted in churches so that churches have a ministry addressing all of these questions regarding aging within their congregations. This week, we launched a new ministry at Northwest Bible Church here in Dallas, and uh, it was just awesome. Being a part of those conversations and seeing people resonate with the message because it's very helpful. I was able to witness one of those a few weeks ago, and I uh, was just amazed at uh, how well the, how much, and how uh, strong the grasp was that they wanted this sort of discussion, and um, and really wanted your input in on it. How so? <clears throat> I was. Uh, I was just amazed at the, the group at a, a different church, uh, how they grabbed onto it. It was, it, was a, it was a fun experience for me. God's opening lots of doors, and we're grateful. Well, in that regard, Hal, uh, our topic today kind of follows through with uh, the ministry itself in that uh, I happen to know, and I think other folks who know you pretty well know, that there has been... <clears throat> There have been several keys uh, in your life to why you started this ministry and what you founded it on, what the ideas were. But one of them actually is a poem. And um, that poem has guided you, guided some of your thinking and has uh, steered you and you have used it well uh, to, to, uh, to help other people understand what the senior years can be for them. And so <clears throat> if you don't mind, Hal, I'd like to just ask you a few questions about that your thinking on that poem. <clears throat> Could you just share a little bit about it? What, what caught your eye in it? What caught your ear? What caught your mind? And how you, have, uh, how you took it from there? Well, Randy, I don't know where I came into seeing this poem in its entirety. I think I've heard a phrase in it, you know, for decades. There is a phrase, the second line of the first stanza, which Robert Browning, the author of the poem, says, the best is yet to be. I think I've heard that line. I've seen it in cards. I've heard people say it, never knowing where it came from. Uh, Robert Browning and his wife, Elizabeth Barrett Browning, were poets. Many say they were the greatest poets of the 19th century. He lived in the middle 1800s when he had his ministry. 
is writing ministry with he and his wife. And he wrote this poem. It's from a long poem called Rabbi Ben Ezra. Rabbi Ben Ezra, if I remember, was a 12th century rabbi whose work Robert Browning came into. And Rabbi Ben Ezra had wrote some issues on aging, some comments, thoughts on aging. So Robert Browning writes this poem. The entire poem, 30 plus stanzas, is on aging, all aging issues. But this particular stanza that we want to talk about this morning is the very first stanza in Rabbi Ben Ezra. And I'll just quote it for you. Grow old along with me. The best is yet to be. You know, I don't think I ever realized the best is yet to be was in the context of aging. So Browning says, grow old along with me. The best is yet to be. The last of life for which the first was made. Our times are in his hand or God's hand who saith, the whole life planned. Youth shows but half. Trust God, see it all, or be afraid. So this poem has, I think, is a, a wonderful capsulization of the theology of aging, which yes. continues to develop in my mind. So th- there it is. That's how it, it's come to be a part of my life and our ministry. Well, it, it's so fascinating to me that it was a part of your life before you started the ministry in that you were very aware of it. Uh, were you not? And 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 you have probably used it from time to time as you were pastoring a church uh, where it seemed appropriate to bring it in. But that it became such a core part of your thinking around the ministry is fascinating to me. Tell me more about why you decided to bring it in as a, shall we say, a foundational piece of how you wanted to move the ministry along. Well, as I just mentioned, this poem capsulizes God's view of aging. Browning was a believer, a strong Christian. You read his poems and you see his theology. In fact, his wife, Elizabeth Barrett Browning, wrote a comment that I have in my Bible, and this goes back decades. She said, God's best gifts put man's best dreams to shame. You know, I've thought of that phrase for decades, literally, never really knowing that she was married to Robert Browning. You know, so you grow old and you start to put things together. And uh, this poem, I think, is a gift from Robert Browning to the church. And it has the best theology, the most concise theology of aging I've ever run into. Yes. Very, very fascinating. Very interesting. Well, tell us a little bit more about the key, if you will, uh, verses that you have been using. Well, let me roll through them, and you can interrupt me to clarify at any time. But the first line, grow old along with me. This is an invitation to join God in the aging process. Hmm. And it belies the truth that God created the aging years. So if Browning, or really God, grow old along with me, Browning speaking for himself, but he hears the voice of God in his life because God has ordained the aging years. And there's, I mean, these two contrasts, growing and aging. You know, this may be where, Randy, we got the first essential. Uh, We never stop growing as 
people, as individuals, as persons, as persons in relationships. We are always growing in our relationship with God, our spouses, our families, our friends, wherever we are with the world around us. Grow old along with me. Why? The best is yet to be. Now, it it betrays or belies a, a, a very positive view of the future. The best is yet to be. You know, God, I mean, I think about this in all of scripture. God called Abraham in Genesis 12, and the idea was the best is yet to be. I'm going to take you and show you a new land. You know, so that's the way God leads, and it happens. Yes. And it is a little bit of a, uh, uh, almost a, um, I won't say a shock, but a surprise to uh, the person thinking about that, getting into the poem, reading that, and thinking, actually thinking about it with what we've been taught is a different story in our culture today, which is that when you're young, you know, that's your best. That is the best of your life right there. And that what aging people should do is just wish that they could go back and be young again. not enjoy or not take advantage of their aging years. Am I right on that? You are correct. In this seminar that I did at Northwest Bible Church last Tuesday, we were talking about the aging challenges. And one of the people there brought up the idea that we live in a culture that is mesmerized by youth. Yeah. So the challenge that all older people feel in their world is I'm losing it because I'm not youthful. So you try and go back to your youth as much as you can. Try to look young, try to act young. Yeah. Restoring youth, Mm -hmm. but it's a, it's a diminishing process because we are all aging. And Browning says in his theology of life, understanding God, the best is yet to be. So where God is taking you is actually the best thing about life. Getting your arms around that concept as I age, as you age, as we all age, I think is a magnificent truth of living by faith because God's always taking you forward. Does that make sense? It does. And, and as I said, as you really start thinking about these verses in this poem, you actually, it does kind of hit you between the eyes that, yeah, I've been, <laughs> I've been influenced by things that really um, don't help me at all as an aging person. I've been influenced by a culture that doesn't really even care about me. Uh, and yet the Lord looks at things totally differently from that culture. So that's this ver- these verses help summarize that, Hal, or help bring it to four. Let me go on to the next line here. Browning says, the next line is, the last of life, the final section of life, or the final half of life, for which the first was made. So now I think of Psalm 139, verse 16, when God ordained all of our years, including the last years of our life, before there was any one of them. You know, I just wonder, I wish I could sit and have a conversation with Robert Browning, how much he thought about those truths in penning these words. He knew that God had made the first half of life. 
for him. And he wrote this in his 60s. And he knew also by faith that God had orchestrated the last years of his life. So his phrase is the last of life for which the first was made. Who made? God made it. God made the aging years as well as the youthful years. He made all of life. I think of Psalm you know, 31, verse 15, where the psalmist says, my times are in your hand. <laughs> you know, I love that. Uh, you know, every age you live, you are in your father's hands. And he purposed that and created that, you know, for our good and for his purposes uh, through Christ, through others, and all that we do. I know I that strikes me as well, Hal, that 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 particular line, the last of life for which the first was made, is incredible in the sense that it gives a uh, a, a different, whole different outlook for the senior person if you think back in your life. If you and and seniors do, they <laughs> they recollect, they they reminisce. Um, they have fun talking about the way it used to be or the way I used to be. And as you really think about it seriously, you recognize how, in some cases, your earlier life was a mess that you didn't even know at the time that God got you through or that you were blessed in ways that you never even recognized then. but the years go by and you begin to understand that my life was made and I, I made as a person to have certain kinds of things happen to me and certain events happen to me and certain uh, learning along the way, which we talk about people growing by learning growing by understanding, and it takes the second half or the last third maybe of our life for us to gain the real perspective on all that, how that shaped my life today if I'm a senior. It's interesting to me. Browning cannot get away in his mindset or his theology about the wholeness of life and how God created it. So let me repeat these again, and we'll go on to the next line. Grow old along with me, the best is yet to be. The last of life for which the first was made. Our times are in his hands. And then the next line, who saith a whole I planned, W-H-O-L-E. I planned the early years. I planned the middle years. I planned the aging years. I planned the years right up to your death. And they were all written, the psalmist says in 139.16, before there was any one of them. So I see <laughs> Browning being consumed with who God is and how he made life and how he made us in this aging process. And that, you know, a whole I planned. And then you, you, you mentioned earlier, our culture rejects the aging process. We don't want to embrace it. But Browning embraces it. You know, God ordained it. So let's accept it and learn everything we can learn from it because he is our God and we will follow him. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. Mm -hmm. 
So why do we seek to be younger in our aging years? I don't know. Well, I think culture influences that heavily. The, the, the you know the desire to be uh, <laughs> to be meaningful uh, in my mind, whatever culture tells me that should be. The desire to be um, uh, a person that's with it, so to speak, that understands how younger people think and. We used to use words like uh, I'm hip, you know, um, I want to be cool. I want to be some guys say, you know, I'm I'm a dude like them. Uh, but what we're doing there is we are ignoring the fact that the whole thing that preceded our current age, whatever age it is, 60, 70, 80, 90, all that preceded that was a purposeful prep for me, purposeful staging of the whole, W-H-O-L-E, the whole that I, that I can begin to see now and appreciate. At least in my case, Hal, it was that I did gain new appreciation for how much uh, the Lord had blessed me even before I became a believer the Lord still took care of me in ways that I never appreciated. Really brings us to Browning's last line, which is a summary statement of the whole first stanza and leads us into the next 30 plus stanzas. He finishes the first stanza with this phrase, youth shows but half. You know, we all feel like when we're younger, we know it all. We've been through it all. We, we, we are our own uh, definition of truth that you might say. And I was tempted with that when I was young. I tried to tell my parents they didn't know what they were doing, et cetera, et cetera. But youth shows about half, Browning says. Trust God because he made it, it's implied. See all nor be afraid. You know, there is a certain fear in life as we age. It's a very real fear. There are a lot of things happen in the aging years that you say, I'm not sure I want to go through those. Ultimately, death itself. But Browning argues that God has instilled something in the life he gave us that from the first to the very end, we are on a discovery process without which we cannot understand how, what he wants to do in our lives and understand him. I think it's the walk of faith day by day. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he that comes to God must believe that he is and that he created life according to his plan. And he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. So I think about how God honors those who have a full biblical view of life. God's care, God's creatorship in our lives, his purposes. And that's why this poem, the, the first stanza, and we never even talk about the rest of the 30 plus stanzas. It's fascinating. You can spend a whole day going through this poem. And I would encourage you to look it up. Look it up on your computer, Rabbi Ben Ezra. But just this first stanza, Randy, you ask, how has it captured my mind? Well, it fits right in with everything we're doing. That's why I love it. It's and that last line certainly does speak to me as well. How um, we we do think we know it all when we're younger, um, and I'm not putting anybody down because, as you said, we've we've both been there. 
we were we we were the smartest guys in the room there for some period of time, and uh, and, and you know, including the Lord, we thought we knew everything. So you learn along the way that uh, if you do trust God, you will really begin to see it all with a better perspective, a real perspective, the truth. Um, and yes, I think uh, there's a you know I've. I've in our family, the joke was uh, seniors, um, seniority, senior status is not for sissies. And the meaning of that was that you're going to have trials uh, and all that as a senior that are going to kind of be a new episode for you and tough to deal with. So uh, I can remember my family talking about that, senior people in my family saying that it's uh wait till you get here dude and all that or, you know whatever they whatever words they used when you get here you're going to see it's not it's this is this is not for the meek this is not for the faint of heart when you get to be older and it <laughs> it makes a lot of people actually afraid to grow older so they keep trying to be younger i think and that's what you just said how that it can mess with your mind in a in a negative way if you don't appreciate the value of the whole picture and look to the Lord to help you with that. And this is where our faith is. Those who trust in Christ, the creator of our lives, the creator of our world, makes all the difference in the world. Well, let me wrap this up. Uh, I'd love to just quote this poem again and wrap our discussion up this way. Browning says it this way, grow old along with me. The best is yet to be. The last of life for which the first was made. Our times are in his hand who saith, a whole I planned. Youth shows but half. Trust God. See all, nor be afraid. It's a wonderful guideline in following Jesus in our aging years. Thanks for joining us today. We love hanging out with y'all, and uh, we invite your feedback. Uh, contact us at hal at finishingwellministries.org or go to our podcast, leave a thought there, spread the news, and thanks, and may God bless you, and may we all continue to age and live well for His purposes. 